Welcome to Kibia, the spirit of sauna. Join your hosts, Alan Jalishaw and Alyssa Lansdell, as they explore the history, culture, and lifestyle of sauna. Whether you're a lifelong aficionado and expert like Alan, a relative newbie and budding enthusiast like Alyssa, or just curious to see what all the fuss is about, this is the podcast for you. Sauna is so much more than meets the eye. So breathe deep, get comfortable, and share in the search for the true spirit of sauna. So excited to be back. And for those of you who have been following us this season, you know that Alan comes from a a Finnish background and that sauna is a quintessentially Finnish experience, but it's not an exclusively Finnish experience. Uh, Many countries I'm learning and cultures around the globe have a history of sauna, steam rooms, baths, sweat lodges. Today we are going to take a little world tour. If you haven't traveled in a while, let's do it. Let's see how sauna is experienced in different parts of the world. Alan, where do you want to start? The world is our oyster. It is. uh, We have talked about Finland and the Finnish sauna, so uh, where do you want to start? Where do we want to start? Well, let's go to... Uh, Estonia, Latvia, Russia. Okay. Yeah. Where, where okay. do we want to start there? Do we want to start in Russia? Because we have talked about that in, in previous episodes, just how popular sauna is in Russia. Yeah. Yes, it's very popular in Russia. You don't hear about it as much. Uh, they don't use the word sauna. They actually call it a banya. Banya. Which translates the same, but uh, it represents the sauna. So if you've he- heard the word banya, you're you're hearing a reference to sauna. And it's very similar to the sauna in Finland. Uh, the construction is the same, made out of wood. It's wood-burning heat, lots of rocks. They put water on the rocks as well. They don't call it lulu. I don't know what they call it, something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also use the vikta. It's referred to as a venik in Russia. Uh, so the experience is very, very similar. But from my experience, they like it a little hotter. It seems to be a little hotter than a traditional Finnish sauna on average. That may not be for everybody, but uh, my experience has been a hot, little hotter. They like it a little more intense. Well, I can see why. I mean, if you think of the climate there, <laughs> it's, you know, we, it's a little cold out much of the time. So we want to just kind of uh, get that dry heat going. And I think when it is a dry heat, you feel pretty good about turning up the heat. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why... Countries like Russia, Finland, Iceland, Estonia, they're in the northern part of Europe. It's cold. It's cold and dark in the winter. Mm. And that's what I think drives that need for sauna or, or, the, or the banya or equivalent just to uh, keep warm because otherwise you're cold and miserable. <laughs> you're right. When the days are short, it would be nice to, well, it would be for you. It is nice in the winter, let's say, to, to hop into the sauna in the evening because what else are you going to be doing, right? Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. And now Estonia, I mean, I was never big in geography. I actually failed one term of geography in grade seven. Um, I remember right. a little side story. I remember saying to my parents, it's okay. I don't ever need to know that unless I become like a weather person or something, which I ended up becoming. So then I learned my geography a little more. So Estonia is actually very similar to Finland. They share languages that are very, very close. So Finland has a very unique language, as does Estonia. It doesn't really compare to any other language. So they're very similar in that sense. They can actually talk to each other fairly easily, fairly easy to learn the other's language. So I think there's a close connection between Estonia and Finland. Estonia loves their saunas just like Finland would. They 
actually use the same word, either sauna or sound, mm. to represent their idea of a sauna, but they're very close. But they also really embrace the smoke sauna. So if you've heard the term smoke sauna, it is what it, exactly what it says. There's actually smoke in the sauna. So you have to go back in time a little bit to understand the history of the sauna. The very first saunas didn't have chimneys in them, believe it or not. Oh, my. So you had this fire in the sauna with the rocks heating them up, but all the smoke coming off the wood, and it wasn't a very enjoyable environment. <laughs> I guess. And eventually, they came up with the chimney idea. That was an evolution to allow the wood to burn, create the fire, heat the rocks, and you could literally use the sauna right away. So in the old smoke sauna, what they had to do was they would heat the rocks, and the room would get very, very smoky, but they would keep all the windows closed. And then once it got up to a certain temperature, they would open all the rooms, open all the windows, doors, and vents, and let all of that smoke out. Wow. And then they would close it back up, and then the heat from the rocks would heat the room again. Amazing. And it actually created a very antiseptic environment. Really? Because I it would have thought the opposite, right? Inhaling smoke, no good. At least that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, the, the smoke is not very comfortable to breathe naturally, mm -hmm. but as far as keeping the room itself clean, yeah. that's the smoke has a very strong effect for that. Wow. So over time, the smoke sauna has evolved into current day sauna, but there are still some smoke saunas in Finland and Estonia. I believe that Estonia has embraced the smoke sauna a little bit more than Finland in recent years, perhaps to put their mark or their identity on the sauna world but uh, both countries still enjoy that smoke sauna. So one tradition I like with the Finnish smoke sauna is at Christmas time, they will actually hang ham <laughs> in the upper areas of the sauna and they will cook the, cook the ham or smoke the ham in the sauna and it's ready for Christmas. So you have this delicious smoked ham. It's awesome. Wow, That's, that makes sense, right? It's, it's like it's curing the ham. Just in exactly. time for the holidays. Wow. Just in time. Okay. And, you know, when we, we've talked about sauna before, it, it was used for so many things. It's not just the sauna. It's for bathing. They would cook in there. They, they did everything in there. Well, that's the amazing thing that, I mean, there are, seems to be so many, seem to be so many differences uh, regionally. I mean, if you think it, and we can touch on this too, about what they looked like, you know, what the outside of a sauna would look like. Does it look like a temple? Does it look like a spa? What does it look like? But I think that right. the common denominators are what they are used for, right? It's, it's healing. Exactly. It's relaxation. It's exactly. community and yeah. communing, I suppose. Yeah. And if you compare, you know, a Russian banya, a Finnish sauna, an Estonian sauna, they're all very humble. They're very... You know, they're made out of wood, but they're nothing fancy, and they're not meant to be because you're, you're going there to relax. What about Turkish baths? I know I'm jumping all over the world geographically, but it, it costs nothing, right? We don't have to worry about flights. Um, so let's talk about that. Uh, what what right. are they like, and how have you experienced them? How many of these have you experienced in different parts of the world, first of all, Alan? I've only had one experience with a let's call it a light version of a, a Turkish hammam. And that's when I was in Malta on vacation. The hotel we were staying in had what they called a, a Turkish bath. So I did get to experience it a little bit to understand, you know, what's it about and how it differs from a sauna. Because I'm in the habit when I, I love to travel for starters. So this is, this is, this is going to be an awesome episode. But 
when I do travel, no matter where it is in the world, I always check out to see if they have a sauna or a steam bath or something cultural that's local. Uh, I always do that. So, but the reality is a lot of these hotels just have standard, call them saunas or banyas. They're they're very basic because they're hotels. But I did get to experience one in Malta and it gave me an appreciation for it. So a hammam is not a dry sound. It's actually more to do with the steam room aspect. So when you go into a hammam, it's usually a couple of rooms, a couple of different rooms. One room is for warming up, one room is for washing, and another room is for cooling down. That's essentially how a, a hammam could be defined. That is, that sounds wonderful, actually. That sounds like the ultimate spa experience. Maybe we need to borrow that. I do. It's very possible that's where spas came from, because if you go to a, a spa, a current day spa, you go in there, there's a lot of, you could be going from the pool to a hot tub to a sauna and whatever. So I think a hammam was the predecessor to that, because unlike a sauna where you go into a hot room and then you leave and you could be outdoors, you could be sitting anywhere, the hammam keeps you in this little area. Mm -hmm. So again, you're heated up in one area with the steam. You have another area where you can wash, but it's still within the same bath area, and then an area to cool down. So it kind of keeps you all together for a little while. But some cultures may have theirs a little fancier. So for example, the Turkish hammam tends to be a little more opulent. If you look at old school Turkish baths, the hammams, they're very opulent. They're, you know, they might have some, because they're using equivalent of like tile and that, they, they really make them fancier. And that's not a bad thing. That's just their approach to it. I think is they were just trying to create a nice environment to enjoy that spirituality. And that was their take on things. Where do you want to go next? Boy. Um, <laughs> Iceland. Japan. Yeah, let's go to Iceland. Let's kind of move around a little bit. So Iceland, their culture is more based on mineral springs. They have a lot of natural mineral springs. So their heat type of experience are more focused around the bath side of things where they'll spend time in the water. And the water is, because it's a natural spring, is very warm. And that heats them up. That gets them into that relaxation mode. And they may have, you know, saunas on the side or warm rooms on the side. To, to complement that, but their their tradition is based on the mineral springs. Okay, yeah, so, um, and they're a very pool-focused uh, culture, pool focused. right? Uh, yes, Yeah, pool so focused, if you go yes. there as a, as a tourist, that's kind of what you're going to be doing, you yes. be swimming. Yes. And mineral-rich, that sounds, again, very spa-like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Japan, this is really interesting. I think this is where we start to get into more of the um, the reverence that we talked about, the sanctity, right? Because it is, it's very um, much like a temple. Am I right? Yes. I haven't been, but yeah. Yes. So if you look at Japanese culture, they're very respective on their history, their culture. You see it everywhere. You see it uh, when you go out to a restaurant to eat. Everybody's very respectful, and they do have that spiritual side as well. So you go to a Japanese sento where it's it's like a bathhouse, and same thing. They theirs is focused on the bath aspect, the soaking in water aspect, uh, to relax and to have their their type of community. The indigenous cultures of Mexico were big into sauna, as far as we know. Yes. Yes, there's uh, indigenous communities all over the world that have used heat 
as a type of therapy or as a type of spirituality all over the world for thousands and thousands of years, including those in Canada. Yes. And and those are the, sort of the sweat houses? Is that what they Yeah, the them? sweat lodge. They're referred to as sweat, sweat lodges uh, yeah. quite frequently in Canada. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they are similar to a sound in that there is heat, there's fire, there's hot rocks, there could be some smoke. They do put some water on the rocks. Uh, in my opinion, the sweat lodge is a lot more spiritual than the sauna is, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very personal to the community. Not every community within the indigenous community embraces them, but many do. And so it has its own place in their in their culture. Yeah. Now let's hop over to Korea because uh, sauna culture there has its own unique style. Yes. So it's referred to as a jimjibang. That's their word for a sauna or a spa. And theirs tends to be more steam room oriented, although they can have dry saunas within their facility. One of the things that they really like to do is like a salt scrub or a, they have these special gloves that you can, they actually rub your body. So to get rid of the dead skin and, and things like that. And sometimes they will use a salt to, to rub on their skin. That sounds divine. I want to go there. Somebody needs to create, you know, like at Disney where they have, what's the Epcot, where they've got every country in the world represented. Wouldn't it be fantastic to have a place where you could just go through (laughs) each of the regions of the world and experience? I mean, you'd be so relaxed. You'd be incredibly relaxed by the end of that. You would. Yes. The, The good thing about being in Ontario, though, is there's a lot of these cultures exist. And like even within earshot of Toronto. So in Toronto, there is a, a couple of Korean saunas, the Jimjibang. Mm-hmm. There are Russian banyas. There are Turkish hammams. Because Canada is so diverse and we have such a strong population, you know, near Toronto, you can actually find these out, seek them out within Ontario to get it, at least an exposure or, or a, some type of experience related to any of them. That is very cool. I never really thought of it that way, but you're right. We are in just a hotbed of, of multiculturalism and, uh, you know, different uh, traditions and great. Okay, so we don't have to yeah. go too far. You and I need to come up with our own tour. We do. Let's and do uh, there, I have been to the Russian uh, banyas quite frequently in Mississauga. There's three of them that I'm aware of. There may be more. Uh-huh. Uh, I frequent them quite often when I'm not going to my home sauna. I like it because of the cultural difference. Mm-hmm. I like the fact uh, that their banyas are a little hotter, which I like sometimes. They also have little restaurants attached to them where they're serving Russian food, which I like uh, that element. Yes, totally different from the hanging yeah. ham, let's say, right? Exactly. Uh-huh. And just the fact that I find this actually quite quite surprising and quite interesting at the same time is anytime I go there, everybody speaks Russian. I don't speak Russian. I don't know what they're saying, (laughs) but it kind of takes you away a little bit. You feel like you're maybe in Russia or you're in some exotic place. So that really makes it an enjoyable experience. I love it. Hey, were people doing business or or was it all relaxation? I mean, I know you don't know what they were talking about, but you kind of know no matter what language it is, whether people are speaking business or pleasure. I think it was mostly pleasure. Uh I don't think there was a lot of business just from kind of the tone and the laughing and and what have (laughs) you. So. You never know, though. That's something that uh, that a lot of people do, as we've discussed in previous episodes. That it, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
So let's talk about, we haven't talked about Africa, but if we go back in time, steam cabinets were used in pre-colonial Africa. And, I, and I'm interested yeah. in steam. I, I would imagine that steam came about more as a medicinal, uh, therapeutic device. Is that right, would you think? Yeah, potentially. There's essentially two types or two forms of heat. You've got the dry heat, which we refer to like the sauna, the mm-hmm. banya. And then you've got steam baths or steam rooms, which are more based on hot water that's incorporated in the air. So it's a steam, it's high humidity, 100%, and that's how you're heating the body. The actual air is much cooler, maybe around 40, 40 to 60 Celsius, but that's their perform or their preferred method. Mm-hmm. It really depends on what they have access to, you know, what makes sense based on the country and where they're located. Clearly in Northern Europe, they, they have a lot of trees. They can burn, they can create the, the heat. That may not be as accessible in, in Africa or other places. So Ah, that I makes they, total sense. Yeah. 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 They base it on what they have. You use what you uh, got. Th- that exists. Yeah. And that exists in, in not just sauna, but house construction, you know, anything you need, you base it on what you have. Yes. Yes. That makes complete sense. And I know that Actually, here's an interesting fact, and this is what came to mind, so do with this what you will. But these steam cabinets were used in pre-colonial Africa as a treatment for syphilis. What I want to know is, did it work? Did these kind of treatments work? You're, you're yeah. not a medical professional. You wouldn't know. It's it's hard to say, and, and to be honest, I think for hundreds and thousands of years that saunas and banyas, etc., were looked upon as cures or remedies for a, a host of ailments. Yeah. Whether or not they helped or not, it's hard to say. Yeah. At the very least, it probably helped their immune system, and that was perceived as a as a cure or a solution. But you know, modern medicine as it is today has only been around for hundred or plus years to that degree. So I don't think they would really completely understand. Mm-hmm. Right, and and you're probably right that it was more of an immunity boost than anything. And there is right. there I know from experience. You're bringing me back to 2002 when I had started a new job and I was traveling and I was in LA doing interviews, didn't want to tell people I had just contracted West Nile virus and the headaches I had were like, a vi- I've never had pain that much bad in my life. And yeah. I instinctively just looked around for a spa with a steam bath and I found yeah. one and that was the only relief I had in, in that entire month of being really ill with this was being in that space with steam I just felt like the vice loosened and I could relax and I could just it was it's it was the most healing experience I think I had had to that point in my life yeah it just it helps you release mm-hmm. it gives you so, at the very least relief yes um, because on top of being ill you could be stressed you're yeah, stressed about it true. so you add all these things together and the heat will help your body physically relax the relaxation process reduces that stress so you know add it all up it's it's going to give you some relief and possibly uh, an answer absolutely now i am big on essential oils and i know that some of these steam baths uh use them as well and i i believe yes. that goes back to the mayan experience am i right in in mexico it's, it's been around for a long time yeah. yeah absolutely and it's still used today um, even in the saunas that i have we will put oils in the water when it put it on the rocks Mm -hmm. some of them will actually help in breathing like a eucalyptus or a menthol 
Yeah. And it adds to that smell, that aroma in the sauna. Yeah, I remember being at the gym sauna once years ago and a woman had a little bottle of, I think it was peppermint oil. And I thought, oh, I, this is amazing. Why didn't I think yeah. of that? So I used to sneak my <laughs> own in. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what a great, I know when you, well, again, when my baby couldn't breathe very well when she was little, a little bit of asthma, bring her yep. into the shower, run the steam and get some eucalyptus. Yep. Yeah, very healing. Yeah, and just on a lesser scale, I'm sure you've seen it in movies where, you know, people put their head in a little bucket and put a towel over it. Yeah. And they put some something menthol type based in the water. It's, that's just a mini steam bath to help you breathe, yeah. to give you some relief. Absolutely. I've done it many a time. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, the poor man's steam bath. If you can't go poor to one. Poor man's steam bath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Have we, so we've talked about Korea. Anywhere else um, that, that I, w geographically, where, where haven't we covered? Because as we've talked about, this is sauna, now we know, are all over the world and have been for many, many right. years. Right. Who are we neglecting? What part of the Well, just Earth? to just to give some credit, you know, we talked about Northern Europe. So we're essentially yeah. talking about the Nordic community. So mm. you've got Finland, Sweden, Estonia to an extent, um, Norway, Denmark, all these countries, the Scandinavian Nordic countries. Again, they had long, cold winters. So they would naturally gravitate towards, you know, saunas or something similar. Um, they all probably have their own take on it, but... Like I said, the Russian banya is has has their version. The Estonians, the Finns in Northern Europe, they're the predominant ones. But even in current days, uh, in Germ if you go to Germany, they have a very strong yes. sauna culture. It's probably not as old as some of the other countries, but it's and it's more recent. But so it shows that cultures are embracing it over time. That there is a trend, especially with travel and exposure to other cultures that saunas exist all over the world. I can pretty much say, I think it's safe to say pretty much any country could have a sauna. Yeah, and and they do, no doubt, whether they that's do. in their homes, Absolutely. whether that is, you know, a big community area. Could be in a hotel, yeah. Yes, yes, I've experienced those as well, for sure. And it's funny, Alan, now you've got me. I'm, I've been sort of dabbling and looking in, into different areas and might be moving again, and that's, like, on my list now. So when I see a place with a sauna, <laughs> either outside or in the basement, <laughs> I'm, ah, that's, that's, that's moving up on the list, yeah. even more so than a pool. Yeah. Which makes sense because you can use it all the time. It's a it year-round activity. It does. Yeah. yeah. And um, if you can't get a house with a sauna, at least be close to one. At least have a friend or yes. have a public sauna nearby. That's true. And, and it, again, it's, it's something that is really rising in popularity. And I think people have, in the last couple of years, spent a lot more time at home and see the value of, uh, of having one nearby. Or having, I like that, get a friend. Get a friend who has yes. one. You yes. don't have to travel. Um, but if you do, take a look and see what uh, what everyone's doing. Uh, that, well, this is what I do when I travel. I want to see what people are, you know, w what's unique to this region. And now I've added sauna to the list. Yeah. Great. And so as I think back, we have so many words for sauna, depending on where you are, whether that's banya or hammam or, you know, the steam bath. So, Alan, what, I mean, can you summarize for us what the differences are between all of these? Sure can. So... A sauna, one of the definitions of a sauna is a bath. Mm -hmm. And banya, same thing, translates to bath, and it looks like a word that would be close to bath. You also, in Swedish, have bastu, which sounds like it could be bath translated. Essentially, the oldest or most relevant definition would be a bath. It's a place you go to clean, to wash, both 
physically and clean your soul, clean your mind. So that's the, es the essence of it. What each individual country or culture calls it is unique to themselves. So banya, sauna, bastu, these are all baths. Yeah. And then you've got specific, so all of those are a dry heat. Mm -hmm. And then you get into other variations. Steam baths are essentially still a bath, but now it's being heated by steam as opposed to a dry heat. Okay. And is there a difference between, can we make a difference between sauna and spa? A little bit. So spa can encapsulate so many different things. So in current terms, a spa is more like a, a, a commercial facility where you go, there will be a sauna within it. It could be a day spa where you're going to have a manicure or a pedicure or a facial. That's an, an outtake from a, a full-scale uh, full spa, but it could be similar. So within a normal spa, you have saunas, you could have steam rooms as well, and you can go from one to the other. There would be a cold water supply, like a pool or showers. Mm -hmm. um, so those are all within the spa, and they would all, may have areas where you can get a massage or some other type of treatment, food, drink. So spa is more encapsulating a location where you can go and experience all these elements. Yes, and I have done the, uh, the girlfriend's trip to Spa Nordic in Quebec, and it has yes. been just, I'm, I'm sure you've been there, yeah? I have. I've been there several times, and I love going there. I love it, too. I was the only one. You'll be so proud of me, Alan. I was the only one in the, in the cold pool in the middle of winter, and it was not at all shocking to me. It was absolutely incredible. And how did you feel coming out of that water? I felt so good. I went back a couple of times. I did the whole yeah. cycle again and again. And I really, I am not a cold weather person. I was right. working there and I had an extra day in between sessions that I was teaching. And uh, one of my participants in one of the sessions said, you must go to the Nordic Spa. And I thought, oh yeah, yes. it's right next door. It was, you're, it, it just, it's an experience. It was just a multi-sensory amazing experience so i would recommend yeah. that and there's one going in in the east end uh, of toronto like whitby yeah. area yeah the thing i like about the nordique in in quebec is they have so many different saunas or similar that depending on what you like depending on how hot it is uh, whatever you like so they have russian banya there they have Finnish mm -hmm. sauna they have barrel saunas yes. barrel saunas have become very popular for people in their backyards mm -hmm. They even have a yurt. Oh, really? I didn't see that yeah. one when I was yeah. there. Okay. And so I guess I didn't read the plaques outside the door, but you were basically doing that, that thing that I said, we should have something with all of the different, uh, you know, uh, right. nationalities or nations represented. That's exactly what the Nordic Spa yeah. in, in Quebec is. Well, I am planning my own uh, little world tour for saunas. I'm yeah. going to start local, but uh, one of my long-term plans is to travel the world specifically to visit these types of saunas and banyas around the world, to experience them not just for the sauna, but the culture as well, add their elements, whether it be what they eat, what they do before and afterwards, share with their their community. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. And Absolutely. we can start here in Ontario because there are Russian banyas and like we said, the Korean Jim Jengbang. Mm -hmm. And we can start there. I love that. I, if you really want to enjoy travel, I, I think that is fabulous if you if your goal is relaxation and enlightenment yeah. you want i mean i always thought i had to choose when i traveled you know do you want to go to a beach and do nothing and relax or do you want to learn about the local culture to me this brings them both together it does how fulfilling yeah. and speaking of fulfilling we will be 
elaborating a little more next episode on on food as it relates to sauna something a lot of people oh. have no they didn't even consider the two of them together but you have alan and, and we I, will. I have and i can't i can't wait because i love food <laughs> you would, absolutely love food so to be able to to join that with sauna i'm really looking forward to that episode oh me too you got to run for your money with me. I I will definitely be. I wish we could do a little taste testing, but we will we will definitely wet your whistle next episode. Thanks for listening to Kivia, the spirit of sauna. Please subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks. Take a moment to rate, review, and share the podcast, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kivia Sauna. This podcast is brought to you by Kivia.ca. Canada's premier destination for the sauna community, providing expert advice, quality saunas, custom designs, as well as authentic sauna accessories. Visit us today at kivia.ca. This has been a Memory Tree production. 